Hey, everybody. Welcome to a self-quarantined version of episode of Martinis with Scott. Uh, today, we're going to talk about contribution margin. You're running a business. You want to make more money. Here's the three categories of things that you need to look at in this order. Contribution margin, your fixed cost overheads, and revenue. Get more margin on the product that you're selling. Cut your costs or maintain your costs. Uh, sell more product, right? Those three things in that order. I've, I've talked about that endlessly on the show and will continue to do so. By the way, an early morning version or a mid-morning version of Martinis with Scott. So we're on coffee uh, right now. Hope you're enjoying your day. So what is contribution margin? Contribution margin is how many dollars you net from a sale of whatever you're selling here. Let's just call it a unit. Um, and so you sell a unit, how many dollars do you get out of that net uh, with which you can now pay your overheads and make a profit? Uh, on a per unit basis, your contribution margin is equal to your selling price minus your variable costs. That's your contribution margin. On a percentage basis, it's one minus your variable costs divided by your selling uh, price. So let's let's look at an example of that. Let's say we uh, sell our units for $100 per unit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we Our direct materials cost us, so we're buying this thing, it costs us $50. If that's all we're doing, if we're buying something and then reselling it in a distribution or marketing fashion, then that's 100% markup. Um, if we're manufacturing, in our example today, we'll be a manufacturing company because it's more complicated and therefore more interesting. So we have a sale price of $100. Our direct materials costs us $50. Our direct labor, which isn't you know always 100% variable, but we like to treat it as variable, is, uh, is $10. Uh, sales commissions, let's call it $8. Freight, call it $2. So shipping the stuff to our customers. So our variable costs are direct materials of 50, direct labor 10, uh, commissions 8, freight 2. So 50, 10, 8, 2 is $70 of total variable costs, contribution margin per unit is $100 selling price minus $70 variable cost. We are contributing $30 per unit towards our overhead and our profits. Contribution margin percentage, uh, take the $100 minus the 70 is your $30 contribution. Um, divide that by the $100 selling price, you get a 30% contribution. So for every dollar of revenue, 30% of that is going to is going to our overheads. And that's what contribution margin is. Now, let's say uh, you have uh, $3 million in overheads per year, okay, of fixed cost overheads. You've got your, because we're a manufacturing company, you've got your manufacturing equipment, you've got your, uh, your rents and your front office staff, their salaries, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that adds up to $3 million per year. With your contribution margin, you can easily calculate break even. <clears throat> so $3 million of fixed costs divided by $30 um, of contribution per unit means uh, $3 million divided by $30 is 100,000 units per year we need to sell to break even, right? Because $100,000 of $30 covers our $3 million of fixed costs. So we break even at 100,000 units per year. Um, if you'd rather figure out the revenue that you need to break even, you take your $3 million of fixed costs divided by your contribution margin percentage of 30%. $3 million divided by 30% is $10 million in revenue, uh, which is your 100,000 units at $100 a pop. <clears throat> so contribution margin um, is the most important and clear way 
to think about your business, no matter what business it is, even if you're in software and you've got limited variable costs, like basically nothing, um, <clears throat> you're always going to be tempted to tie uh, employee compensation to top line revenue. Um, there's commissions, there's bonuses, that sort of stuff. Uh, if you keep your contribution, if you keep your variable costs at basically zero, then you've got a great contribution margin, and uh, that's the Sinclair range model, by the way, because we're in the we're in the services business, so everything's a fixed cost, uh, which is a higher risk because if we're not selling anything, I have to pay those costs anyways. Um, but my contribution margin is really really high, obviously. So let's talk about a couple of examples of how thinking about contribution margin impacts the decisions and the conclusions that you make when analyzing your business or any business. So let's compare contribution margin to a gap. Generally, generally accepted accounting principles, that's the way all financial statements are reported. Gap may change jurisdiction to jurisdiction, um, <clears throat> but uh, gap gross margin is not a contribution margin. And that's a really important point, and I find it confusing for owner managers, um, well, all managers of sort of mid-market uh, businesses in particular, and even larger businesses that are undergoing rapid change, executives, I find, just seem to lose sight of the difference and importance of a contribution margin to a gross margin determined by gap. So yesterday, I was analyzing a company that uh, I will be investing in uh, or buying if the due diligence checks out. And this is, I spent all day yesterday, I was actually going to shoot this show last night, but uh, I ended up losing my voice and having a headache from looking at numbers all day. So I thought I would do it this morning for you. Um, <clears throat> so I spent most of the day reviewing uh, a financial model that was prepared on this company and the audited and internal financial statements for the last several years. And what I concluded or saw from your audited from the audited financial statements, which is you know a pretty easy thing to look at, is that year over year for the last several years, revenue has dropped 30%, um, and gross margins on the audited financial statements have dropped from 26% to 20% of revenue. Okay, so your revenue is going down, and also your gross margin on that revenue is decreasing from 26 to 20%. Uh, um, and as a result, net income went from a few years ago to basically a break-even, they were never really making money, to a significant loss, about 12% of revenue um, at the last period that I looked at, which is kind of an irrelevant number. But the point being, they went from breaking even to not breaking even and losing a bunch of money. Um, <clears throat> and gross margin dropped from 26 to 20. And now you think to yourself, without a deep dive, like, why would that be? And one of the reasons, you know, do I need to do a price raise? Um, to get my margins back up to where they ought to be, have my materials and manufacturing costs gone way up. Um, if you're an accountant, uh, if you're an auditor, you're going to your client and you're saying, hey, your margins are getting hammered. You need to do something about this. Okay. So I do a deep dive into the audit financial statements. And what do I find? I find that in in cost of sales. Now, remember, your, your gross margin is your total revenue minus your total cost of sales equals your gross margin. What's in my cost of sales? Uh, well, there's a bunch of fixed costs that wouldn't be there on a contribution analysis, right? So amortization of machinery and equipment was there. Amortization of site improvements were there. Amortization of patents were in my cost of sales. Utilities were in my cost of sales. Now, are utilities variable versus versus fixed in a manufacturing company? Maybe they deserve to be there. Uh, but, it, you know, don't overthink this when you're doing your own analysis. Um, I typically... I typically uh, put them in fixed costs, but you know it just depends on the situation. 
Insurance and taxes were in cost of sales. Those are definitely fixed. Um, indirect supervisor labor. So not just your hour, hourly people um, for production, but you know uh, plant technicians and mechanics and those sorts of people that are fixed cost are in my cost of sales on these audited financial statements. What is not in cost of sales on these audited financial statements? If I start digging into other line items, freight out. Freight out is always a big number. If I scroll back up here on my notes, um, in our example, freight out was uh, $2, uh, so 2%. Um, it's usually higher than that. In reality, it could be 3 4%, uh, depending on the business, uh, but they were not in cost of sales, clearly a variable cost. Sales commissions uh, were not in cost of sales, um, and that's clearly a variable cost. You're not paying commissions if you're not selling. So we build our financial models. Um, based on contribution margin. I don't care what gap gross margin says. And when I do that, when I recast all of these audited financial statements to, uh, to a contribution margin basis rather than a gross margin basis, what do I find? Remember my gross margin dropped from 26% to 20%. What I find is my contribution margin actually went up. It went up during this period. Gross margin was going down. Contribution margin was actually increasing. Well, that's a different story. Why was it increasing? Because my direct materials uh, percentage dropped 8% over that period. That was the big driver. Now, why is that? I don't know yet because I just figured this out and I need to do a deep dive, but I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical that in reality, direct materials have gone down. So as far as the due diligence item, that seems odd to me and I wanna dive into that. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't focused on my contribution margins. Um, uh, price increases would be a good way for direct material cost percentage uh, speaking to drop. Um, maybe that's what they did. Um, maybe that explains why they lost so much revenue. They're down 30% top line. Maybe they increased their prices and they're losing business uh, because, you you know, the market's the market. Cost of direct labor uh, rose a little bit during this period, um, which tells me that as they're manufacturing less and less because revenue is dropping, that they're not managing the hours of their direct labor because they probably want to, you know, it's hard for executives to get their mind around layoffs, uh, four-day weeks, three-day weeks, that sort of thing, uh, because they want to keep their, their employee base working. Their freight was uh, consistent, and their actually sales commissions actually went down. So from a contribution margin, I learned uh, analysis um, that once I got into the numbers, it didn't take me that long to do, um, maybe an afternoon over a several-year period, um, uh, several years of audited financial statements. I learned a lot uh, just from that analysis and I learned that contribution margin, although it could always improve, um, I've got a question mark around my direct materials, but in general, things are looking pretty good on a contribution margin basis. Why are they losing money? Fixed costs are way up. I mean, way up. Uh, and once you take that stuff, uh, the fixed cost crap, like amortization and all that sort of stuff out of uh, your cost of sales and you add it to where it ought to be uh, down with your fixed costs, um, you find that that's kind of where your problem is, that revenue went down, which is a problem. Contribution margin went up, which is great, but your fixed costs also went up substantially, and now they're losing money. So lesson number one of today's show episode is that you can't manage a business that's going through rapid change based on a, on a gap, a generally accepted accounting uh, principles, gross margin, no matter what your accountant tells you in this very example, I guarantee you the auditor would come in and they would sit down in the spirit of advice and helping out 
this owner manager that currently owns this business and would just say your margin is getting squeezed, do something about it. When the reality is the contribution margin, the true margin has actually been going up and it's the overheads that are trouble. Focusing on gross margin leads to bad thinking and uh, it leads to bad decisions. All right, second example. That was lesson number one. Second example, let's compare contribution margin to standard costs. And again, you can't manage a business, a manufacturing business in particular, in times of rapid change, whether that be growth uh, or decline, based on standard costs for the same reason you can't rely on gross margins. So what is the standard cost, you ask? This is used by accountants in uh, almost entirely in manufacturing entities, so it doesn't you know, this is not for software or tech businesses, but uh, but for anything that has to do with manufacturing assembly and standard cost is an effort to figure out a rule of thumb in effect of your cost per unit. So I'm selling in the example that I, I gave before 100,000 units. Well, what is my cost per unit? <clears throat> and as you remember, I was selling uh, I was selling for $100 per unit and I was breaking even. So clearly my cost per unit is $100, but let's go through that math. Standard cost is used for um, inventory costing and for mid-period cost of sales reporting. Uh, what do I mean by mid-period cost of sales? Well, at, at every year end and you have your audit, the auditor comes in or who's ever doing your year end books, if you just have a review or a notice to reader, <clears throat> somebody comes in and they revalue your inventory and the difference goes to cost of sales. And so you have this adjustment because the standard cost, as I said, is a rule of thumb. But for every other, before you do that valuation adjustment, uh, probably on an annual basis, you end up with inventory costed at at uh, standard cost. Okay, so what is standard cost? Well, let's go back to our example. We have $3 million in fixed costs in our hypothetical manufacturing business. We said we have variable costs of $70 per unit. We're doing 100,000 units uh, of sales per annum, and therefore we're breaking even. We calculated that before. Um, earlier in this episode. So what is standard cost? It's basically we have 100,000 units that we're selling. Uh, our cost per unit is $70, our variable costs. So there's $7 million of variable costs. We have 3 million of fixed costs. 7 million plus 3 million is total costs of $10 million divided by 100,000 units is $100 per unit of standard cost. All right, um, which makes sense. Remember, we said we're selling at $100 uh, per unit and we're breaking even. So obviously our cost is $100 per unit. It's 100,000 units times $70 variable cost is 7 million plus 3 million fixed costs is 10 million divided by 100,000 units is $100 per unit. Now, we wanna sit around as a management team, improve our prof profitability. We wanna look at the pricing of our customers. <clears throat> and so we go through our entire customer list and we come up, we know what we know we have a standard cost of $100 per unit. We come up with customer A, and customer A buys 10,000 units from us per year. So they're 10% of our business, and they pay $90 per unit. Our standard cost is $100 per unit. It costs us $100 per unit to make this stuff and to sell it. And we are getting $90 per unit from customer A. That's 10% of our revenue. That's not good, right? We're losing $10 per unit on a standard cost basis. So every other customer is buying from us at an average of $101.11 for the remaining 90,000 units so that on average, all other customers, including customer A, works out to this $100 per unit, okay? Trust me on the $101.11, but you can go through and figure it out. Um, that's what it comes out to. So here's the question, what do you do with customer A? You're losing $10 per unit 
based on your standard cost analysis um, <clears throat> for this customer on 10% of the revenue. Should you get rid of that customer, will you be more profitable because you're losing money uh, on customer A? And this is not a silly question. I hear this nonstop in manufacturing companies because although it's super simple, when I am dis describing it with these really easy numbers, when you have uh, when you have 500 or 1,000 general ledger line items um, and a $50 million business, I'm telling you, you lose sight of this stuff, uh, of the basics of business, of making money, focus on contribution margins. Should you get rid of customer A? Let's talk about what happens if you do. Let's go through the new, so you've lost now, you took away 10,000 uh, 10, units uh, of revenue. So, uh, sorry, 10,000 units of sales to get rid of this customer uh, on which you were getting $90 per unit. So what's your new standard cost? Well, you used to have 100,000 units that you were selling. Now you're selling 90,000 units. That is now you're uh, sorry. So now you're selling 90,000 units at $70 uh, variable cost is 6.3 million of variable cost, whereas it used to be 7 million plus your 3 million of fixed costs. So your total costs now are 9.3 million divided by 90,000 units is $103.33 per unit is your new standard cost, and that's what you need to break even. You see how your standard cost changed because you got rid of uh, this particular customer. So remember that all your other customers, we said we're paying $101.11, um, which was above the $100 standard cost, but is now below the $103.33 standard cost. Should you fire the remaining customers and go to zero revenue because you're losing? Obviously not. Um, and why do you end up with it? But that's what your standard cost analysis tells you to do. Why do you end up with this stupid answer? Because customer A at $90 per unit was still contributing $20 per unit, $90 minus uh, revenue minus your selling price minus your $70 variable cost is $20 per unit, uh, which was $200,000 a year contribution towards your fixed costs that you just gave away by getting rid of customer A. You gave away $200,000 contributing to your overhead. <clears throat> and now that that 200,000 is gone, every other customer needs to pick that up for you. And the way they pay, the way you do that is you have to charge them more moving from uh, what they were paying was $101 and change. Now they need to pay $103 and change. You see the fallacy of this? If you'd focused on contribution margin, what you would have said to yourself was, uh, this this customer A is contributing $200,000 to my overheads, which is great, but it's not enough compared to every other customer. And so I'm going to work with them to increase price, or I'm going to go find another customer that can take up that capacity at a higher contribution margin percentage. But until I find that other customer, I'm not getting rid of customer A because I'm not actually losing money on them, which is what my standard cost says. I'm making contribution from them which is everything. Lesson two, don't make decisions based on standard cost, particularly in a company that has rapid growth or decline. You need to use contribution margin for management decisions. Thank you for listening. This has been Martinis with Scott. We are a show about winning at business. Uh, we're geared towards managers, executives, uh, board of directors, investors. Once again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the content, please look at some other content and subscribe on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We'll talk to you likely tomorrow.